Hey, what's going on, everybody out there? This is uh, MC Till with Everybody's Hip Hop Label. You are tuned in to Boom Bap Chats, where we just sit around and talk about Boom Bap hip hop music. Tonight is our first Boom Bap Chat, and we have some special guests in the house tonight. We have uh, two for one tonight. We have Eric and Dane. Those are the government names, uh, God-given, motherly, fatherly names, but we, we want to know what their artist names are. So Eric and... Uh, Dane, let us know who you are, what your artist names are, and uh, where you're from, and what do you prefer? If you have nothing else around to go to, do you prefer ketchup or hot sauce? Let us know. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, Eric, you want to go first? Sure. My MC name would be Swift Mick or Swift Mickey. Uh, I'm from Toronto, born and raised. I didn't hear your last question, Phil. Can you repeat it one more time for me? Yeah, if you if you had to pick one, would you pick hot sauce or ketchup? Oh, hot sauce, every day, every day. Yeah, yeah. no you, question. You chose correctly. <laughs> so now I feel boxed in. I gotta go with hot sauce now. <laughs> I gotta I mean, go with hot sauce. You really have no other option. I, ketchup, I have I guess, no other option. All right, all right. I have ketchup in my house anymore. My wife is all about the hot sauce, so it, it's right all on. hot sauce. Right on. Word, word. Um, my name is Haz. Um, started off as Hazardous, and I shortened mm -hmm. it. Uh, MC name is now Haz. And um, being a descendant of Jamaica, I got to go with hot sauce. I, get, I think that's like my default spice or sauce if I had to choose one. Um, yeah. All right. Right on. Right on. You, you both picked uh, the correct answer. So good job. You passed the test. Yes. Off to a good start. So we're, def we're definitely going to get into the group uh, together. You are high society. We're going to get into why you why that name um, going to get into the album Monday. Uh, that's super dope uh, that you released last year. But before we do that, I want to get your perspective and have a little conversation around this album right here. Black on both sides, but most deaf. I know this is a, a meaningful album to both of you. So if you could just talk a little bit about what what this album means to you, um, that'd be great. Either one can start off. Has go first. Um, I have a very close connection to that album. Just looking at that album cover alone, it, it does something to me. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a very strong connection to that album. I never really appreciated that album as much until I really started getting a little older. Um, songs like Umi, I never really, it never really gravitated. I never really resonated with that song as much as I did as I started growing older and that whole album, um, now that I listen to it um, years later after its initial release, I've learned so much from it. I've learned how much hip hop is actually involved in this album. Uh, the messaging, the simplicity mixed with complexity, um, the message overall, how strong he is, um, the cadence, the, the boom bap, the lyricism. Um, as an MC's MC, that album to me, to me, um, is just as good as, if not exceeds Illmatic. Mm. I said it, I said it, I said it, <laughs> I said it, I said it. You said it and you'll stand by it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it exceeds Illmatic for me, but it's, it's definitely, if, if I own a hip hop album on vinyl, it's because uh, I'm more than proud to play it in front of anybody. That's why I hold the music. So I, I own Illmatic on vinyl, Trap Call Quest, 
and Most Def and in the back you can see Black Star. Those are albums that I, I want to play in front of people, regardless of the parental advisory sticker on it, because it's it's chock full of of musicality. Um, it's diverse. It's educational. Uh, and most Def is is um, he's a savant when it comes to making music, emceeing, melodic, all of those things. He's on a different level, even though he's not the most prolific. And um, I mean, I remember listening to this album when I guess it wasn't, it wasn't the most popular thing for people my age. I was like 14, 15 years old, maybe grade 10 has when this album came out. More and, or less. Yeah. And if something got four mics in the source, I had to check it out. So this was one of those albums from, from Rockus. I think it came out simultaneously with um, Pharaoh Monch. And I, I had enough money to buy one of those albums. I chose this one. And I think both of them are, are very dope. But for some reason, this one, I think, is just a, a notch above that. And like has said, it grows on you. It yeah. was an album. Later, I got reintroduced to again on like a, like a second listen. And I heard it through different ears. And actually, my wife was one of the people who, uh, who listened to it and put me on to certain songs that I did not like before from this album. So I give her some mm. credit on rediscovering this album. Yeah, yeah. So is there a song, I hate the question, like, what's your favorite song or, you know, like this or that, but is there a song on there uh, today that you, that you would go to as like maybe your uh, kind of the song that resonates with you more, you know, today? I know, you know, song kind of growing you over time, but is, is there one, especially today that you're like, man, I just, it's that song that I just really relate to or really enjoy? It's hard. Has you go first. Um, I'm going to go with Umi. Um, I think right now where we are in society um, and, you know, the space that I'm in these days, wanting to slow things down a bit and appreciate the moments a little more. I think just the pace of that song and the tempo of that song and the slow burn. I like candles now. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> it speaks to me in different ways. Um, and of course, what he's speaking about on the song, um, it, it it really resonates with me. I ain't a perfect man. I'm trying to do the best that I can with what right, it is right. I have. If that doesn't wrap everything up in a nutshell, I don't know what does. Um, yeah. Definitely Umi. But my first favorite song on that album when I heard it was Speed Law. That one really, yeah. that one really hit, like hit the ground running. And I've loved it ever since. But yeah. right now, Umi is kind of my, my thing. I even did a freestyle to that beat. So, oh, dope. I mean, yeah. So I definitely love that one. Nice, nice. I, th I would say Umi is the one that grew on me the most over the years because when that first came out and he even made a video for it, I was like, why did he make a video for that song? Why is he singing? Because I just always wanted people to be rapping. <laughs> I remember listening to this, to this album as a kid and I didn't even like rock and roll. I'm like, Ugh, why, is he, why is he doing that? Like, why is there yeah. guitars on a rap album? I wasn't mature. <laughs> um, right. But the deeper cuts as the album goes like you know what i really like listening to actually is the the, uh, the song with no vocals on it um may december oh yes yeah. i just love a way yeah yeah i don't well it just it ends the album on this completely different note and it just it, it's a perfect ending without any words it's hard to explain right. so speed law dane put me onto speed law when we were kids and i listened to that and studied the emceeing of it mm -hmm. Um, Miss Fat Booty was my first favorite song on the yeah. album. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful. 
I still love that song. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I mean, all of them, all, all of right. them are great. Cool, cool. I think, uh, yeah, let me, let me go to Eric Stewart here. I think he had something he wanted to contribute. What's up, Eric Stewart? Hey, what up, man? Can you hear peace, me now? Peace, peace, Yeah, 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 we can hear you. Yep. All right, okay. I, I'm going to say the black on both sides, wow. I mean, that, I mean, like back in it, like, um, I remember it came out, it came out when I was in ninth grade. Mm. And uh, I, do, I do remember, um, Miss Fat Booty, and um, I remember the Umi says. Well, plus there's two video versions, like ones with with most in the studio and show the the people and show the people how they live, and also another video version with ball with with the best. I call it the basketball video, you know, that has Michael Jordan. Hmm. That's cool. Right. Yeah. So oh, um oh. Yeah. Right. So, right. And uh, and um so so those yeah, I remember those videos, but um at that time I wasn't like I wasn't even listening to most devs music until when I got older somewhere in twenty tens. I mean that that's what is began to grow on me, especially a black on both sides. Well, my, my favorite song, my favorite song, to make it official, my favorite song besides Umi Says or Miss Fat Booty, I got to go with Mathematics. Yeah, Mathematics. Ah, That's yeah, the one yeah, I always yeah, go yeah. to. Yeah. It'd be so, so lovely. Yeah. Well, well cool. Well, th thanks for that. I uh, want to ask uh -huh. a question for, for everyone in here. Um, if you remember... The first time you heard this album. <coughs> Think about that for a minute. The first time you heard Black on Both Sides or heard a song, Miss Fat Booty, or When He Says, or whatever. Can you take, can you think back to that moment and, and what you felt, what you thought? And if you want to talk, just raise your hand or send a message in the chat room and uh, I'll unmute you uh, so you can chat. Um, okay, I'll go. And <laughs> go ahead, man. <laughs> Uh, okay, man. I remember. I remember the, the time, you know, like back in back in 1999, before before 2000 hits. I mean, two out al two albums released in October in '99. That same year, I mean, that album, Black on Both Sides, and Feral Munch, in mm. Internal Affairs. Yes. And, Right, and uh, I mean, bum, bum, bum. yeah, Simon Says. <laughs> <laughs> boy, the boy, that that song, that song was very. I mean, that that song, that song just made me. That got me amped up, you know. That that got me amped up, and uh, of course, um, another song from from Pharaoh Munch's solo album was the song called "Delight." I mean, the yeah. light. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love that the, song. The, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, I mean that that song, in my opinion, in, in my opinion, lift lift me up from all the madness. Yeah, I feel I I feel like there was like a second era of like almost like the golden. You know, a lot of people talk about like the the golden age of hip hop. 
golden and, age. Yeah, like 88 to 92 or 95, 96, you know, depending on who you ask. But I feel yeah. like around this time, like this came out, like you said, Feral Monch came out, Reflection Eternal came out. Yeah. Company Flow might have came out. Maybe they were a little bit earlier. The Roots came out with Things Fall Apart. I feel like there was just like a, a gust of really, really dope albums around that time. Um, right. Nine, it was a good year. 98 was, was when I really got my sort of baptism into hip-hop. Mm -hmm. uh, started listening to hip-hop, admittedly, because of Puff Daddy and the family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Era post, post oh. Big Dying and... Um, he was he, he hip hop was always on TV at the time, whether it was commercial or jiggy. But yeah. because of those albums having so many features, it leads you to another artist. You fall down that rabbit hole. And '98 was like a freshman year for cannabis and Big Pun and DMX. On top of all of these phenomenal albums from Ruckus and OK Player, like it was a great year. I think yeah. even like Water for Chocolate came out in '99. Right. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Man, that album is dope too. So yeah, yeah, we were spoiled, man. We were spoiled with good music. <laughs> Not to say there's no good music today, but like Internal Affairs and um, Black on Both Sides standing right there beside you. If yeah. you don't have the money for both, what do you do? What do you I, do, right? Like these are dope albums, man. Especially if you're not into stealing, I don't know what you do. You know, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right, right. Um, and all your money on them, like I did. <laughs> no, oh, I, I was like, uh, go ahead, I Eric. Play both, okay, I play, I play internal affairs, and I play back on both, black on both sides on my phone. You know, even though uh, I didn't have it, but uh, I, I got that on my wish list in the future. Right, so, right. You know, that way the people, the people in my ages that live in Bad Rouge, they, they will get to know about hip hop once they reach out to me because they too busy stuck into the the cookie cutter music yeah yeah that's right. sad yeah yep yep i remember i was just telling uh my wife earlier today because i had this out and i was playing it and um i was telling her the story how i got the album i got the bootleg first because i was in college and i didn't really have much money at the time so some some guys on the dorm on my floor in the dorm uh they would bootleg hip-hop cds and so i remember spending wow. five dollars and bought the most deaf album and uh and i had that burnt copy forever i mean i obviously finally got the actual album but wow. uh i had that burnt copy forever and it was probably some of the best five dollars ever spent in my life so uh want to move into um high society here uh, I'm gonna put everyone on mute again, just because the it it records a little bit better, um, the the fewer uh, folks that are live, and let's go to high society. Um, Want to talk about how you all got that name? Where did that name come from? Eric, do you remember the three names that we uh, that uh, we? <laughs> I remember. I remember high society. I remember we were we were very very close to calling ourselves low end theory. Yes, 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 yes. I and then the people, the people. People, that's right, the people. The people. Those are the three people. names we were juggling to see which one we thought would, would stick. But so, uh, go ahead, Dane. No, go on, go on, go on. You know what? It was, it was your, your brainchild in a lot of ways. You're the one who sold me on it, so it's better that you, you give the explanation of, of your vision. <laughs> 
Okay, he's passing it off to me. All right, cool. Um, so we had those three names that we had to kind of sift through and see which one, you know, sat well with us, which one had a good ring to it, which one was politically correct, all of the above. And we decided on high society because of its fullness. So for one, high society, it's like a upper echelon of society, the higher end of society. And it was a play on the words because it's also saying hello to the world, high society. Um, and we wanted to focus more on the people. And as you know, the people was one of the choices, but society is also comprised of the people. So we kind of killed two birds with one stone by going with high society. And it had more of a play on words, even the way we spell it with the uh, lower case H-I for high, and then society in all caps. So we just felt like um, it was something that stuck more with us. Um, we already heard of the people, like on people under the stairs, and we already heard of low-end theory, of course, tribe. So we felt like a high society was a little bit of a better fit for us, and uh, we just we just stuck with it. Mm. And I, I, I kind of look at all the silly connections to things sometimes. So the, the initials, if you just put the H and the S, it would be Has and Swift, and it would also be you know, something that links back to us from high school, because that's where we, you know, started our music writing and, 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 you know, creation. So all of those little things, like, oh, that's perfect. All these little connections just works out right. So you went back to high school. Do you go, how far back do you guys go back? Uh, grade seven. If my Was memory. Grade seven, Mr. Hall's class in art. <laughs> it, Mr. Mr. Crease's class. You were that, that new kid that came in with your hair. Ah. With yeah. Bro. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Crease. Okay. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. How did you, you know? <laughs> Do you remember talking about hip hop or, uh, you know, learning that you both enjoy hip hop? Not right actually, away. No, no, actually, um, we started off like any music conversation actually started off with dance music. And I'm talking about <laughs> like, I'm talking about like oots, 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 yeah. <laughs> that kind of dance music. We, we, really, we really connected with that kind of music in art class. Sorry, I'm just fixing my charger up a bit. The battery life is kind of draining. Anyway, connected with um, dance music in our art class. And um, that's how we really got together and started talking about music. And from then it just transcend, transcended into hip hop. And um, I can let Eric add to that piece. Well, when I fix my charger. Yeah, sitting in sitting in uh, class in middle school, Dane and, and a lot of the other guys would always hold court and, you know, talk about Tupac and Busta Rhymes and, you know, Wu-Tang was coming out that year. I knew nothing of what was going on other than the fact that Notorious B.A.G. had just died and, you know, these songs were on the radio. So as I started to slowly develop a palette for appreciating hip hop and diversifying my music, um, when I got to grade nine, I always, the same dudes, um, has, and, and David Francis were always going back and forth talking about MCs comparing trading verses. So when I would go out and buy an album, I would always hit up Dan and be like, Hey, is, is this guy any good? What about this red man guy? What do you think about him? Is it worth buying his album? So he was kind of like my connect at first to tell me what was hot or what was not. So seeing that my album catalog was building, he realized like here's a person who's actually keeping up with what I'm keeping up with more so than the other kids in school. So we started yeah. to share a language that a lot of people didn't understand. 
So yeah. that, that, yeah. And we were both became uh, addicted to hip hop media, Source magazines, Double XL magazines. It was a race to see who would buy it first. So yeah, yes, that sir. it goes that far back. Yes. So so fast forwarding a little bit, last year, 2019, in maybe March, is that when Monday came out? Mm. You you released April this first. April first. April first, you released this project Monday. How did that come about, that album? You wanna take this one, Eric? <laughs> you go ahead. Go ahead. Um, well, we always wanted to put together um, a timepiece, um, more so than just saying it's an album. We wanted to put together a body of work that we could live and grow old to. Um, so instead of hip hop, we often joke, live hop, something that you can live to. Um, and we slowly started piecing together um, a, a soundscape for what we wanted to use and paint that canvas slowly. And we would get together like every day um, via WhatsApp and talk about the music and what direction we wanted to go in. And um, we definitely wanted something simple. I put out a mixtape, one plus one equals two, very simple. So um, we wanted to tackle um, another very simple concept where we can change one's outlook on something. So we chose Monday um, and we wanted Monday to not be as mundane as most people uh, would view a Monday. So we wanted to put together an album that um, you would appreciate and in turn appreciate your Mondays a little more. And all the music that we um, compiled together to make this album hopefully gives the listener that feeling. That was pretty much our um, mentality going into it. That's dope. And is this more of a, a original music album or is this more of a mixtape or a combination of the two? I'd say it's a mixture of both. Um, rarely are you going to hear just one um, of, or the other with us. It's always going to be like a compilation of both. Uh, because we make music that inspires us. And a lot of times it's music we've heard before. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes it's new ideas in terms of beats that we like to rhyme on. And we just like putting together, as I said, timeless pieces. However yeah, I, it comes our way. I remember hearing one song in there. I was like, man, I, I love this beat. I love this beat. I feel like I've heard this beat before. And then I reached out to you guys. You're like, oh, yeah, that's that so, such and such beat. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got you now. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there a, a particular song uh, on that album that really stands out as it holds a special place in your heart, whether sentimentally or just because you think it's so fresh that it's just so dope? It depends on the day of the week for me, whenever I listen to it. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll, because it's got a, a consistent sound and I think the, the way it's kind of sequenced, it, it flows well. There's nothing too jarring on it where it's like, oh, that, why do they go from this to that? That, that yeah. doesn't exist. But there are uh, moods. It has a little bit of ebb and flow to it. So depending on, if I'm feeling a little bit, you know, aggressive, I might want to listen to the poet and feel something that has a little more power to it. But I, I think the ones that I always go back to are probably... Um, I really like Wheels Fall Off because there's a lot of sentimentality to it. Uh, when I heard the beat the first time, when Has just sent me the beat and said, what do you think of this beat? So he has a good ear for like collecting sound. And then he would send it to me and, and I would go through and say, okay, I really like this one. Maybe not that one, but we'll keep that in the back burner. But when he sent me that beat, I almost had like tears in my eyes because I knew it was going to be something I wanted to write to. Yeah. So 
yeah, that one, that one it, for me, it has a lot of meaning. Um, and I really like um, Alphabet Soup because I love, mm. I love aziness, the horns to it. And it's just kind of fun. It's witty, but not too serious. So it's, if, if you like that old school Tribe Called Quest sound of the horns and the jazz instrumentation, you'll love it. But if you like quirky little lyricism, like De La Soul, that's there too. Yeah. So I feel it's a perfect blend of the two. Dope. dope. Has. Um, I'm going to say merry-go-round. Um, the hook is so soothing. Um, and I have a close connection with that song because um, I was in actually Jamaica when we dropped the album April 1st. And there was no other song I could run to that would talk to me or speak to me while I was on the beach. So I would just mm. play that song and I'm having, you know, a pina colada, my head <laughs> back in a chair. It's like a merry-go-round. It just felt so right. Yeah. It just felt so right. You know, I, you, you, yeah. you bring up something that I thought about. You, you guys, that album to me, it, it, it feels like you thoroughly enjoy listening to it. And not on like an arrogant, like, I'm the dopest, this is the greatest music, but just, it feels like you made music that you just enjoy. And you weren't yeah. thinking about other people or how to please people. You know, how can we market this? It was just like pure music that I want to make because I enjoy it. Would that be a true statement? Yeah, definitely. I think that alludes to the whole live hop thing that we, we speak of, right? Um, it, it's certainly something that we wanted to live by and we wanted it to age gracefully. We didn't want to force the music. We just wanted the music to come to us and just put out the best music that even if just Eric and I had listened to it, no fan base, that we wouldn't have cared. We just wanted something that you know, we can look back at 40 years from now and say, oh, my God, we were dope. You know, I can play this. I can I can I can play this in front of my mother, in front of my grandmother yeah. and not feel, you know, when you get like cringeworthy, cringeworthy music in front of like an elder. Yeah, we yes. don't have that moment. Yeah. So yeah. we wanted to make something that we were really proud of. And uh, I feel like this this piece of work, this project did just that. Yeah, that's dope. I think if you want, sometimes you complain about there not being anything you like. So sometimes you should just make it. And a yeah. lot of times if you're authentic to, uh, you're not, when we were younger, we were huge fans of hip hop, but it was very important to be trendy. And when we were, when we were part of a, a, a group that included Dane's brother at the time, we were working with guys who were very intent on you're going to have an image. You got to make a song like this. And we were starting to realize, you know what? Talking about guns and this and that and the other for the sake of it being battle worthy or competitive, it's just not natural. Yeah. And, and, and you feel that tug. You can make it. We can do that. But it's not going to be authentic. And then when you start to – and at that time, it was like, no, you have to. That's what people want. So we got to a point in life now where we're comfortable enough to be like, let's, let's – make a song where I'm rapping like a, a, from a girl's perspective and you know, you do a funny voice too. Yeah. And it comes better cause it's, it's truer. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that comes across in the music too. So uh, from the chat room, our, our friend Joe November is having some audio technical difficulties, but he said his mind was blown on the explanation of the group name. So good job guys. Your group name blew his mind. Excellent job. And uh, he also said, uh, if you didn't see the, this, this comment, and I don't know the answer, y'all might. Uh, didn't Merry Go Round have a Roy Ayers sample? 
Was that a Roy Ayers sample? Do you guys know? Not I've sure. sampled Roy Ayers in the past. I don't. I don't recall. It, it could, but I don't recall uh, this particular beat. You know what? I'll take his word for it. If he says it, then it might be. It just gonna, might be. It I'm just gonna go back. And, I'm gonna go back and listen too. And I don't know if any of you are a part of that uh, hip hop group on Facebook, the the Sample Spotters. Any mm. of you guys rocking that group? No, that sounds like Joe's in there. Join though. Yeah, they just. Yeah. I mean, it's just sample nerds in there. There's people that love samples, and they they post like sample battles. Who can find this sample? You know, it's, <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Um, Cool. So if you guys were going to make a sequel to Monday, what would it be? What would it sound like? It's actually in, in almost finished. Ooh. Tell it. What, what can you tell us about it? <laughs> so we has had this idea actually for, for this particular interview to leave it up to you guys what the, the final title should be. Um, right now we're working with the pursuit of dot, dot, dot or the pursuit of nothingness and has wanted to uh, go back to the drawing board and stick with our aesthetic, but make it a touch darker, a little more introspective and have a little bit more, like he wanted to touch on some more specific topics sometimes that might be a little bit uncomfortable or touchy. Okay. Um, so that's, that's the next one. It's, it's almost in the finishing stages. It would have been done, had all this nonsense not yeah. taken place. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. So it, it, once this is all sorted out and we can, you know, get back together and hit up the studio, we'll we'll put the finishing touches on it. Right now we're in like the chorus stage and uh, doing some skits to give it texture. Dope, dope. So looking beyond this album, even if if money wasn't an issue, connections wasn't an issue what producer mm. and you could call on any producer to come in and produce your album. Who would you call on? MC Till. <laughs> he's, un he's unavailable. He's cost too much. <laughs> hypothetically, like anything I want. Any, yeah. Hypothetically, anyone that, that are alive. Yeah. Or do they have you, you can bring him back. You I want Jay Dilla. Who'd you say Dilla? Dilla and Mad Lib. And Ninth Wonder. Yes. That would be my dream. And Q-Tip. Q-Tip, too. But I think yeah. Q-Tip would be a pain in the ass in the studio. I, 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 I think Madlib would probably, Mad or Dilla would probably be the easiest. Because I feel like those dudes just, just produce music, like, nonstop and don't think, like, oh, should I rearrange this? Should I do this? Or yeah. Q-Tip. I think Q-Tip would just be like, yeah, I don't think he would be fun to work with. In high society, has is the Q-tip, so we don't need another person. <laughs> He's already good. I can good second like that. that. I can I'm, second that. I'm telling you, you need to be more like Ghostface. I promise. I don't think Ghostface <laughs> ever redoes a verse in his life. He just walks into the booth, spits it, does, and doesn't care if it's mixed well. Just like forget it, put it out. Well, I'm grateful that has it. Right? All right, yeah. He has supreme. He put out Supreme Clientele. So if that's what he was doing, we'll, yeah. we'll take it. We'll I'll take it. Hey, I'm, this is not critical. I love it. Because some we'll of this stuff it. is so raw. So Haz, who would you pick? If you could pick any producer. Um, just, just a heads up. My battery life, it's dying. I might have to grab another phone shortly. I don't know why it's not charging. It says it's too hot. Maybe the interview's too hot and it won't.